Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. There you go. We just thought it'd be good to, rather than us talk the whole time, but uh, to just give you some other faces and uh, share where we're at. And look, there's so many stories we could tell you about, uh, just different conversations that we've had and we... We've had so many random catch-ups with people, and, and I haven't got time to go into all of them today. Um, but yeah, God's been good. And you know, I just had a real sense as we were singing that song before, you know, God's been faithful, God's been good. We don't always feel it in ourselves, but actually if we hang on to that, there's something powerful that happens because we know that God's called us. And in our context, it's like, you know, you wonder, well, God, what's happening here and what's going on and, and what's going to happen? But we know God's called us. And so we're there, we're doing our thing, and I'll, I'll share some stories. But today I wanted to, to talk to you a little bit about, and Sarah touched on it, but how are we reaching people in our own lives? And what does discipleship and what does personal discipleship look like? Um, you know, again, as we're just in worship, I just sense there's a real sense of expectation this morning. And I want to challenge us all to think about how are we reaching into our world and our sphere of influence and how are we discipling people on the journey to know Jesus? You know, in our, our context, we went into coughs and we didn't know anyone. And we're like, oh, how are we going to do what God's called us to do? And lots of people are like, oh, you're going to hire a hall and you're going to get a band and you're going to do this. And what's it going to look like? And we've just been on a journey of going, how, how are we going to continue and build relationships with people to disciple them to a point of faith and maybe bring them back to a point of loving and serving Jesus again? And, and so I want to I challenge us today. So I, I'm just going to pray quickly that our hearts are open and that we're expectant that God might stir something in us. Because, you know, coming and being together is, is so valuable but what happens on a Monday and a Tuesday and the rest of the week and the people that we're connecting to is really where it matters, where we're actually connecting with people that might have no, they might never walk into here. But the people that you, are, that you have in your world, you can connect with. You can invite them into your world and they'll see Jesus through you. So let me just pray really quickly. Lord, I just pray today, God, that you're stirring something. There's a sense of expectation. Your Holy Spirit is doing something here today and in the hearts and minds of all of us. God, I ask that you will just continue to, to stir in our hearts what it might look like for us in our context to reach into people. God, mess with our minds. Mess with our thinking. Stir our hearts, we pray today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So, you know, something that we're really trying to build into what we're doing is ha and having culture around how are we disciples, how are we making disciples that make disciples that make disciples? And, and often we get in a, in a situation, and I don't know all of you, but we get in a situation of potentially being uh, in relationship with Jesus for many, many years, maybe a short time, and we just get in a habit of feeding ourselves. We get in a habit which is great and we come, we can get filled up. But we, we often don't know what it looks like then to how are we making disciples that are making disciples that are making disciples. You know, we're putting in a heap of effort into these guys that you see 
But I want my effort and time and connection with them to grow leaders and, and to see them do stuff in their lives that they replicate that and multiply that. You know, the church at the moment um, widely is in massive decline. It, um, a church survey 2016 to 2021 20, uh, found that 69% of, of Protestant churches are declining. So that's more, and it's declining at a rate of more than 10% a year. So my, I didn't do the maths, but you can see pretty quickly the church is at threat. The, the gatherings like this might not exist in 10, 20, 30 years' time unless God's people, God's kingdom-minded people stir up, rise up, and actually reach into the, to the bowels of hell and drag people out from the place where they're heading. I was so excited to hear, you know, around the Bible college students, we, we're training and building kingdom-minded leaders. We need people to go into every, every sphere. And so church planting is, at the moment, only about 15 to 2% of churches are planting a new church every year, year on year. To actually see a change and a growth back in the church, we need to be heading more to like 10%. Year on year on year on year. And not just to be comfortable where we're at or, or filling more people in a room or we're doing something there. But I really, you know, we've been stirred to say, God, what are you doing in us? Not just to do a gathering in Coffs Harbour, but what's our heart for a region? I was challenged. I was, I was reading a book and I heard someone speak about just widening your vision. They said, take your vision, and we were, we were thinking, hey, you know, the whole Mid-North Coast, imagine if we could do some churches there and see gatherings into small little country towns. This guy that I was listening to said, take your vision and multiply it by a thousand, then build planning that you're going to need to resource that. Plan thinking that you're going to have to, to do that. So rather than maybe, okay, let's do five locations, let's do 5,000. Your whole mindset changes because you're going, well, we, we can't do that. God can do it, absolutely. But our, our mindset needs to be around, well, we've got to multiply. We can't just add. We can't just add, but we need to be multiplying. And the church, to see a change, we've got to be multiplying and making disciples that, that do what we do, that do it with someone else. And there's then a multiplication that happens. And so I reckon most people would be in agreement with that thought, hey, to grow the kingdom of God, to see more people come to know Jesus. But we, we're so stuck in mindsets of how and what we've always done. And often maybe we've been disappointed, like we've tried something. You know, we're just, Sarah shared a few different things that we're trying, and I'm just trying to hold all of those things loosely. It's like, well, if this doesn't work, that's okay. It's okay to fail. And we might get disappointed. We did an interest lunch at the end of October, just community inviting people, social media, and um, some crazy stories there. I ran, I'll, I'll share this story. We did some posts on Instagram and all that sort of thing. And I was in Cole's basement car park. And this lady walks around the corner and she's like, oh, hi, how are you going? Have you ever met someone? And you're like, I've got no idea who you are. Where did I meet you? Were you like a school friend of one of the kids or a mum? And she goes, oh, it's okay. You don't know me. I saw you on the internet. And I'm like, oh, how are you enjoying Coffs Harbour? And I'm like, we didn't share that in the video we put on Instagram. So I've either got a stalker or... 
Anyway, she just shared really briefly. She saw our video and she'd walked away from church. Her husband wasn't a Christian and we just had a quick conversation. Um, But there was a connection there and it's just like, it was just amazing. Um, You know, and I'm, hey, come to our thing. She didn't come. I could have easily got disappointed, but we'll just keep trying. Trying different things. And, And I think for us as Christ followers as disciples, we often get stuck because we're like, well, I tried this, I won't try anymore. Or evangelism, that's, that's someone else's calling. Or the responsibilities with the leaders here and the church should do, yeah, the church should plant more churches. Well, why can't you plant a church? Why can't you make a disciple? Why can't I make a disciple? Like, do you know every one of you, every one of us can see disciples that make disciples for Jesus? But often we get uh, stuck in our thinking and we often get disappointed and we don't know what to do. And our only thing is, well, well let's, let's try and do maybe something that we've, let's invite them to church, but they're probably not going to come because it's weird and we like, lift our hands and pray and stuff. And, and we need to potentially just open our life to them and journey life with them and see what God will do through us. You know, Jesus said in, Matthew 28, he said, go into all the world and make disciples, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts, Acts 1, he's talking to the disciples and he said, the Father alone has the authority to set dates and times because they were asking him, when are you coming back and what's going to happen? And they are not for you to know, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem through Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You know, Jesus didn't say to each one of us, uh, just turn up to church and watch the leadership team build disciples. Hopefully I'm not offending anyone today. I might not get asked back. But but I want to stir something in you. I guess our heart's been shifted and changed in and just thinking about things differently, the importance of a conversation, the, the, the passion that it's like, well, how can we create disciples that make disciples that make disciples, that make leaders that make leaders, that build churches that build churches, that we see a shift in that atmosphere of society, see people change where they're, they're not considering the only way out is killing themselves, but actually they've got a hope, even though life's not good, but they've got a hope. We're all called to share Jesus. I had this thought the other day. The church can be a little bit like a petrol station. Run, run with me. But I don't know about you, but I go to the petrol station because I've got to put fuel in the car and we, we, you, know, you might clean the windscreen and you get organised, ready to go on a journey. And we, we go there not for the destination. I don't know about you, but it's like... Maybe the coffee's okay. I never buy coffee. I never buy snacks. I feel like I'm getting ripped off. Um, But we go there to gear up for our journey. And our gathering in the church and our Sundays, they're so important. They're, They're fueling us for the journey. But I want us to think about the journey, about being the rest of the week about the rest of our life, where we're, we're actually, as Christians, as believers, we're coming together, we're getting filled up. You know, the presence of God this morning is just fueling us up. But we don't camp at the petrol station. 
I don't know, do you, does anyone just like, oh, I'm going to the petrol station. It was awesome. How was your trip? I love the petrol station today. They had a deal, you know, like the girl asked me, would I like to buy two chocolate bars instead of just my fuel? And it was just a great time. And but we get ready to go somewhere to go on a journey. But often our mindsets can get us stuck in that spot where we're like, oh, well, I just went there, it was good, and we start to then compare. It's like BP or 7-Eleven or Shell. Who's got the best loyalty program? Who's got the coffee that won't kill us when we drink it? Um, And I wonder if we start to do that a bit with church. We, We come and it's important because we couldn't do our journey without it, but then we start, if we don't understand where we're going on the journey, which is about making disciples, that's what Jesus asked us to do. We're then in a spot where we just circle around the petrol station. We start to go, well, who's got the best loyalty program? Maybe in church, it's like, who's got the best coffee? Who's got the best music? Who's got the best social media? And actually, the, the, our gatherings, our time together as a community, uh, it's, it is so important, but it's there to fuel us, to, to connect people to community, and for us to really build ourselves and get get filled up with the Holy Spirit to go, hey, on Monday, I'm going to sit with a guy and he, he probably is ready to end his life, but the Holy Spirit's dropped something into my heart that's actually going to give me the right words to say and the love for him and be able to journey, to, journey with him, not to an event, but journey with him to a point of faith closer to Jesus. So making disciples is our goal. And, and I just really believe stepping stones, and I'm starting to use that language more. What are the stepping stones to journey someone to faith? You know, you saw quickly there our, um, our small Sunday gatherings that we're doing, and that's really for our team. But as we've met people around, it's like they're not even going to be able to come into that context. You know, the guy Sarah talked about at, my, at the Burger Night thing that we're doing, he actually sat down um, and we'd maybe met him once or twice. And uh, he just poured out um, that that week he'd found out that his daughter wasn't really his daughter, um, that this was going on in his relationship. And he just poured out his life. And I, I walked away going, what the heck just happened? Have you ever prayed for something and then it actually happens and then you're really surprised that God did what you asked for? It's like, oh, yeah. That actually occurred. But then he wasn't, the, the tendency, even in my mind, and we're in this different context now, but is to go, well, how do we get him to church? And I had to go, hey, actually, I need to bring him on a journey, a journey of faith, not a journey to something, but hey, I'm going to walk life with this guy. And moving forward over the last couple of weeks, he's gone through hell in his life. And I was privilege to be able to walk through some of that with him. And do I know him really well? No. But I had breakfast with him a week and a half ago. And we were just talking life and how he was going through these actual life struggles and substance abuse and all this sort of stuff. And he's a great guy. And I've just been praying and the natural tendency is in our Western industrialized world is how do we get an outcome? And that's often too why we get disappointed because we're like, well, we haven't got the outcome in a reasonable amount of time, but it takes time. And so I've just been praying and, you know, I'm going, oh, I should talk to him about God now. And there's just this, I just wasn't at peace with it, but we get to the end of, we're walking out to the car 
And uh, I just said to him, hey, mate, I'll, I just want you to know I'll be praying for you. And he said, oh, that'd be really good. And I'm like, oh, flip, <laughs> you know. And I said, look, I haven't really shared my faith. And, and he knows we're leading a church and that sort of thing. Um, and I said, but I'd love to talk to you about that a little bit more because I think it would help you. I know it would help you and give you hope where you haven't got hope. And he actually said to me, that would be amazing. And I'm, again, I'm like, wow. But he just said, I'd love to know how to connect with a higher power because, you know, I've seen some people and they kind of have that. And he had no language to put around faith. He had no language to talk about God. But he knew that he, there, there was something maybe greater. And so we'll be able to pick up that conversation later. You know, the, the, the easy thing or the challenge journeying that with him is that it's easy to jump to wanting an outcome. But journeying life with people and discipling to them to a point with Jesus takes time. And we found that and just in conversations, it's like we've been there a year and a half now and people are like, oh, how's it going? Have you changed the world? And we're like, well, there's a few people. And, but people's lives are busy. And sometimes, again, we can get into a spot where we're like, oh, well, that's, they're just too busy. They don't want to know. Keep persisting. Perseverance. What has God called you to? What has God called us to where we're just like, hey, I'm not going to hassle someone, but I care about you. I love you. I'm going to come around and open your life. It's easy to, to throw out an invite or a come and join me. But what if you're opening your life to someone? Jesus opened his life and it wasn't just, you know, come to this thing or do that. But he just opened his life to a bunch of idiots, basically. You know, we can also get in the place where we go, well, hey, I haven't done Bible college. What do I know? I'm not a pastor. What do I know? I'm not planning a church. What do I know? God has placed you in your sphere of influence. He's put you in your workplace. He's put you in your school, in your university, the the group of friends that you're there. And there are people there that don't know Jesus, or there should be. And I want to challenge you today, what, where are you putting yourself to intentionally reach people that don't know Jesus? We're continually having conversation with our guys, especially moving into town, we're all like, what, what community group are we connecting to? How can we get into something where we're not just staying isolated? How can we expose ourselves to environments where there's people that don't know Jesus? Otherwise, we'll just go around the petrol station and again and again and again. People need your relationship and friendship. Don't just invite them to church. Do that. That's great. But invite them into your life. That takes vulnerability, takes time, but it will make the difference in someone's life. Because the Bible says Christ lives in us. So if Christ lives in you and you invite someone into your life, they'll be able to see that in you. They'll be able to without even using words, they'll be able to see something and do something and, and see a shift. So our mind's got to shift. What are the challenges that we're facing? We're too, I think we're, we're too much under pressure and we've had disappointment in the past. Be real. Be you. Who are you intentionally reaching out to? And I reckon each one of us should be able to name off a handful of people that are like, hey, that person doesn't know Jesus yet. How can I have a conversation with them? 
that person doesn't know Jesus. And if you're not in that place, I really want to challenge you today. You might say, I'm too busy. Our goal in life is to make disciples that make disciples that make disciples. That is our priority. So what are you, where are you going to put yourself? Mature Christians, leaders. Where are we? We can get so busy with everything. Where are we going to put ourselves intentionally and often be uncomfortable, but it will make a difference in someone's life? You know, in Acts 2, Peter uh, and the disciples, they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. And it was an encounter. They were just expectant. They're expectant for God to, to do something. And Jesus said, just hang out and just wait. From that place of expectancy, the Holy Spirit came. I was reading that passage just recently. The team can come if you like, Josh. Um, I was reading that passage recently and I wondered if their expectation wasn't prepared for what God was going to do, how long would it have taken? They were hanging out in this room. But we see in the scripture that they were just waiting and they were preparing and they were probably worshipping and praying and maybe falling asleep and having meals and doing life together. And over a number of days, then they they were singing and praying and worshipping and the Holy Spirit came. You know, simple, everyday people were in that room. So we read about these people that were Jesus' followers, the disciples, the the people that followed him round and we, we hold them up as heroes and they were. But they were just everyday people. We are far more educated than they are. We have far more skills than they did. It actually says in the Scriptures that they were, uh, the, I think the Greek word is idiosa. So they were idiots. Isn't that encouraging? If Jesus can use idiots to make disciples, come on, I'm happy to be, makes me feel better about myself. If God can use a group of people that were uneducated with the power of the Holy Spirit, with a mission in hand, challenge in their heart to see the Word of God spread and here we are 2,000 years later, they're hitting anything can happen. But we have to stir something in our own hearts, in our own minds. I would love us all to walk away going, hey, the number one thing, the number one cause in my life right now is to see me disciple someone closer to Jesus. And not only that, and add an addition, but how am I teaching them to do the same? These guys in the, the New Testament, they had no idea what they were doing. They spent time with Jesus for years. But they were like, hey, we're just going to wait. We're going to be expectant. And you know, you know what God did? It says later, I think, verse 42 or something. It says, they were in awe of what was happening. They met together. They shared meals. They listened to the apostles' teaching. And so Jesus' teaching. And they prayed together. And their numbers were added to daily. And so there's a number of things in that. They did life together. They opened their life to people. But the power of the Holy Spirit did something powerful in their life. 
They had a passion. They'd, they'd seen what Jesus had done. Miracles, changes, and they're like, there was a burden in our heart, in their hearts. I don't think we carry the burden enough to actually say, and I'm speaking to me today. It's like, hey, do we really carry a burden to see disciples that are making disciples? That, because otherwise, our kids' generations will see the church not here. There'll be less people in the kingdom. And ultimately, I would hate to see that happen. Jesus loves everyone. And so today, I would just love for us to consider that and think about what's God stirring in us? You can do it. We can all do it. We don't have to be a pastor, a leader, a preacher. We don't have to have gone through Bible college. You have to be a friend to someone. You can do that. Everyone can do that. We have to be there to journey life with people. And we have to be intentional to place ourselves in an environment that's uncomfortable and maybe outside our norms. So maybe today you're thinking of someone that, that you know, their name's dropping into your heart. I would just love to, to be able to pray into that, that something stirs in our heart. There's a hunger and a fire to, to see more disciples made so that we're standing in years to come saying our buildings aren't big enough. That there's a move of God that influences every sphere, like May said before, into business, into politics. But people's lives are changed and they experience the love and the peace of God. So I would just love for everyone to close their eyes for a moment. And I just had a real sense that You know, if you're in a place where the Holy Spirit's just working on your heart and your mind right now, maybe you've been stuck in a a mindset that actually is like, hey, I'm just doing my own thing. I'm getting through life. And what's my purpose? Or there's something stirring in you, even as I talk about how, how we make disciples and make disciples and make disciples because you, you wanna see more people come to know Jesus, but you don't actually know how to do that. Well, the Holy Spirit came and He did something powerful and there was something poured out on those people. Maybe you've got a church in your heart. You don't know how to do that. You feel un- inequipped. Maybe it's a small group. Maybe it's a walking group. Maybe it's a burger night like I'm talking about. The Holy Spirit can come and empower you. You don't have to have skills. You don't have to know it all. But God can stir something in you. And I want you to be challenged today. If you're feeling convicted, it's not me. It's the Holy Spirit actually saying, what are we doing with our lives? Are we really making disciples of Jesus and helping them journey that? So if that's you today, let's all stand for a moment. And if that's you, the team's just gonna sing, but I would just love to, if you're in that place today, maybe God's stirring something in your heart. You don't know how to outwork it, but you feel a call of God on your life. You feel that stirring to make disciples and you don't know how, or maybe you do, but you just 
need an anointing of the Holy Spirit, I'd love for you to respond out the front today. Maybe there's a person that you're praying for and you just need that power of the Holy Spirit this morning. I'd love for you to respond. Maybe you just have a heart for the kingdom and you want to believe in intercessory prayer and just cry out for those people, for opportunities, for connections, for relationships, for conversations. Maybe you need that idea, but just as the team sings, I'd love for you to respond. We'll just quickly pray, but I just feel that there's an expectation like those disciples had in the upper room. There's an expectation for what the Holy Spirit can do right now. So let's, um, let's sing. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.